Welcome to Shoot the Breeze, a series on a podcast that celebrates the messiness of life, relationships, and Christianity, featuring my wife Lacey and myself, Nathan. It's creatively titled because it will be just us shooting the breeze, uh, sometimes with guests, while occasionally saying something important. We hope you enjoy. Hi, Jordan. Hey, Nathan. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Uh, hey, everyone listening, thank you for uh, listening to or watching Shoot the Breeze with Nathan Lacey Steele. Uh, Lacey is, again, not joining us. I have my good friend Jordan here. Do you want to say hi? Hi, everyone. <laughs> you sound like... You do sound like you're an NPR. I was an NPR for way too long, guys. Be breathy. <sighs> Okay. <laughs> so I, I promise I will not talk like that. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, hey, Jordan, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? I married, kids, you know, just a little bit about who you are. Yep. I'm, uh, for those of you that haven't met me, I'm Jordan Cornelius. I'm 33 years old. I was born in Austin, raised in Marble Falls. You like long walks on the beach? <laughs> I love long walks on the beach. No, I do, actually. I love the beach. <laughs> Um, but I am happily married. We just celebrated three years. My wonderful wife, Kelsey. We have two boys. Elijah is the oldest and Anthony is the youngest. Um, almost three years old and six months old tomorrow. Yeah, dude. Congratulations Thank on you, man. three years too, by the way. Appreciate that. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah, four years together total, three years yeah. married. Okay. Yep. Um, and yeah, you said two kids. The last, the last kids, Lil, he's been like allowing you to exercise your inability to sleep correct he's done better recently he has really yeah good. he's done a little bit better um good. our first boy was the most challenging um i guess you i mean i think both my boys are perfect in their own regards yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but um he did he didn't sleep that well and then tony kind of started out in the same pattern but it's it's kind of i mean as a parent i think you learn to just there's no manual no recipe it it's just pray that God gets you through it, and he does every yeah. time. And he's yeah. teaching you. He's teaching the kids. So just yeah. to breathe and let go and let God. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Right. That's <laughs> um, like one of my pet peeve statements. I know, just got to let Jesus take the wheel. No, he gave you eyes and hands for a reason. Well, he gave us Tesla. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I had a crash recently, I think. thought I saw they that. No, no, no. A Tesla was not involved. It wasn't a Tesla. No, it was originally purported as one, but oh, okay. I saw the news and it was big, bold. Tesla was not involved. <laughs> Elon quickly yeah. slipped that yep, in there. Yep, yep. <laughs> so funny. Okay, if uh, if you, what's your favorite way to waste time? Well, I wouldn't view it as wasting time. Well, then you're not wasting time. I love to run. Oh, yeah. yeah. I okay. love, love, love to run. God speaks to me through running. Um, I mean, I, I pray as I run. So I've vividly heard his voice so many different times on runs mm -hmm. just because of where it puts me mentally and spiritually. Yeah. Um, running or reading, one of those two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, running, uh, I, there, I knew there was a reason why I wasn't a fan of yours. And <laughs> that... <laughs> I quickly recall why. Mm -hmm. um, no, I'm just. You know what? So, are you an outdoor runner or are you a treadmill runner? I. You can ask my wife. My wife is a runner as well. A very okay. talented long distance runner. Um, 
I can maybe last 10 minutes on the treadmill before I really? lose my mind. Really? Can't do it. I'd rather run in, I, whenever it froze here in Texas, um, not too long ago in February, um, I ran outside in nine degrees. I wouldn't do a treadmill. Oh, dude. I couldn't do it. I, okay, so I'm not a big fan of running in general, but the only way I can is with a treadmill, and mm. I have to watch, like, my, I have to disengage my brain from running. Gotcha. It's because yeah. treadmills were originally invented as torture devices. Are you kidding? Are you, uh, that, don't quote me on that. I don't know okay. true at all. <laughs> I need you to source, please. No, it's the reason right. I don't like... Um, I don't like seeing, uh, let me see, the reason I don't like running outside is it's like, if I want to run a mile, I don't like mm -hmm. seeing how far it is. Hmm. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, if, I, if I, and if I have to turn and do all that, I'm like, oh no, there's like seven more turns. Like, and yeah. so like a treadmill, like I said, it helps me disengage my brain. I can, mm -hmm. I do intervals. So like one minute running as fast as I can and then walking one minute. Okay. Um, I do that yeah. on the bike. Okay. Okay. For some reason, the bike's okay, but the treadmill yeah. is like, I just gotta yeah. be outside. So, and also you, you're a former Marine. How do you, how do Marines say that? Are you ever a former or I'll, are you? I'll give a disclaimer. I'm not as uh, pedantic and I don't mean that insultingly. Um, <laughs> I'm very proud that I'm a Marine. I yeah. always say former Marine. Former Marine. Okay. Yeah. If you said ex-Marine, mm -hmm. I wouldn't get upset at you. Um, On the podcast, just afterwards, I would get beat up. <laughs> no, but uh, no. yeah, former Marine. I served six years in the Marine Corps Reserves. Okay. And how, like, how did you get into that? How did you get into... Um, my grandfather, one of them, um, who my dad's dad, he served in the Marine Corps um, just after World War II, if I'm not mistaken. I okay. can't remember exactly. Um, but he was in the Marine Corps. Then my mother's stepdad was in the Air Force for... 20 plus years and then other family members and close friends in the military and so it always kind of was something in the back of my mind because okay. I to a certain extent I'm not a very stereotypical male in a lot of regards but in some regards I am yeah and so the idea of enlisting in the most difficult fighting f arm f branch of the armed forces that the United States has always kind of like let's see if we can do it yeah um, yeah. So there was some patriotism involved well, say, and also a, some challenge involved. So. Being a runner, it, mm -hmm. I mean, also I, every runner I've met has always been a push-yourself kind of a person, you know? Yeah, I think and, that goes. Yeah. Um, so, and correct me if I'm wrong, isn't the Marines the oldest armed force? Is oh, that no. Um, 1775, November okay. 10th, 1775, it's Marine Corps okay. birthday. Um, and honestly, I could not tell you the dates of the other branches, okay. so I couldn't okay. say for sure. I, I, was, I love watching, like... Uh, documentaries on mm -hmm. armed forces stuff like that my brother was yeah. in the air force we you oh, and cool. i we uh, you and i were actually joking about how, how <laughs> is it like he he was saying how yeah we would always move out of a barracks because they would be run down and mm. then and then it was like the army and then it was the marines <laughs> like if the, they even gave it to if, the marines. yeah even if they got yeah. barracks <laughs> um so yeah air force is pretty posh from what i hear not my own opinion someone else's who told me that i.e my brother um <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're you're in the Marines, and I know, like for you and I, we've we've had discussions about just what all, um, 
like that did to you being in the Marines. And I've, mm-hmm. like I said, I do in, really enjoy watching documentaries on armed forces on stuff like that because mm-hmm. I think it does take someone, it takes a special person to be able to go into the military. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I know I have good friends who went into the military for disciplinary reasons. They're like, mm-hmm. my home was chaotic. Right. I need structure. I know other people who've gone into the military because they're like, God created me to do this. Not in a, not in an arrogant way, but they're sure. like, I have the, the mindset to be able to fulfill missions you know, whatever mm-hmm. it Absolutely. is. And um, so like for you, what was it that like mentally going in, what did it do for you? And, and maybe what did it do to you? Um, <laughs> yeah, we could get to that. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, it was a, it was a combination of things. There was definitely some, some disorder and some chaos um, internally and externally with where my life circumstances were at. And like I mentioned, it was always kind of in the back of my mind as a challenge that I wanted to go after. And so it, at that season of life, I was 26 years old. I'd finished grad school the year prior and some different events happened and I was like, let's do it. And mm-hmm. so I went after it and it, it was, it was very sobering. And be, for those that aren't familiar with it, 26 is old for a Marine to enlist mm-hmm. as they typically recruit 18 and 19 year olds um, because most branches of service they like to recruit younger i know some of the other branches will recruit a little older for different things okay um so i was an older guy and so going through meps military entrance processing at the beginning um you sign you you sign your life away yeah i mean if you actually read the different things that you're signing you become property when you do that and so that that kind of shifted my mindset uh, when i was going through processing like okay some stuff's really about to change like you're doing something significant yeah whenever you have to sign over your your will essentially your life insurance right. policy um and so i went into it to try to reorder some things go after a challenge that i'd always wanted to undertake and i got a lot more out of it than i ever bargained for some good and some bad mm-hmm. um the discipline and the structure is incredible. Um, it's not, um, I don't know that, I, I don't discourage it. It's admirable that 18 and 19 year old men and women will enlist in the military. I honestly, I don't know that I would encourage it, hmm. um, depending, I mean, that's that's case by case, just depending where you're at mentally. Um, it could be a recipe for success or it could unearth some unhealed trauma and different things you've been through as a kid. Yeah, um, yeah. It could flip it completely on its head and not not be a good thing. Um, I don't say that with any position of expertise or No, 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 but I mean, just, I mean, obviously you, you didn't go in alone. You were in, <laughs> you were with other guys. Yeah, so you absolutely. could, you can witness, you, you can kind of speak to that in terms of, mm-hmm. no, I saw X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And, and, um, and, yeah, I don't think you have to give a caveat. <laughs> but, <laughs> you don't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. you've seen how it affected different people and different personalities and mm-hmm. different mindsets, different ways. Yeah, and it's um, but in terms of the good things that it that it produced and developed, discipline, structure, uh, purpose. There, w- it was always hammered home, mission oriented purpose. I um, mean, mm-hmm. they started that out at the earliest outset in training. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that's that's hammered home at the very outset and then through the day-to-day work um, whenever you get out of training into the, the active side of it. Um, 
and so those benefits are really good yeah um the the stress can wear on you the the constant worry or threat of never being good enough or never doing it right and i did have some upper leadership that were gracious to a certain extent um but then there's grace is not typically a word i would use to characterize (laughs) military and i get it i mean if you think about the what's the purpose of the marine corps what are they supposed to do they're supposed to fight for and defend Mm -hmm. um so i mean it makes sense you don't want something stereotypically on the softer side to be doing things like that um and so that that emphasis on you know kind of stress and chaos and um just man this is going to be bad for you and us if you mess this up i mean that could wear on you mentally after a while and i think eventually a lot of a lot of guys and girls buckle underneath that and that's why it um not solely because of this you know ptsd affects a lot of different things but i think that's you know that's part of it i would say i mean i've had known people that have have taken their own lives because of different things like that um yeah it's uh and for you so dealing with like stress and mental health is that part of why you consider like because like running is Mm -hmm. that a way to kind of decompress have you have you always been a runner have you always been or is it something you you've developed over time to be like okay this is a way i that helps Mm -hmm. me decompress or I've always been into fitness and sports um, ever since okay. I was a little kid, and I've always been a, a slender guy, skinny, if you want to call me that. I don't take offense to that. Um, and I was a tennis player for the longest time, so endurance sports have always been, for my frame and building okay. everything, I've yeah. always leaned towards that area. Um, I didn't actually start running running until 2015 when a group of buddies got me into a trail run outside of Burnett at Reveille Peak Ranch. Okay. Um, and then I just fell in love with it from there. Okay. Um, because I was in the midst of some pretty significant struggles at that point, and I could tell that God was doing something with it. And mm-hmm. little did I know it would be the, a way that he, um, I don't want to say saves me, there's only one way that he saved me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but a way that he's like, this is going to be um, a way, another way for you to connect with me. Right. You know? Well, it, it would be, I mean, yeah, that... Like you're saying, he saves you. But I mean, I think God also gives us these uh, these ways to process, right? Mm-hmm. To 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 deal with issues. I mean, you see, um, you see, David journaling, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's how we have the Psalms. You you see. Um, I wish my journals turned uh, into that. <laughs> I no, I do. Psalms. I I used to never like psalms because they're always always poetic and always always rhymed or whatever. But um, man, over the last I would say probably five to ten years, the psalms have really uh, been very life giving to me because it's hmm. like, oh, okay, you thought that too. That's good. <laughs> like I'm not the only Completely runs one. the gamut of emotion. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, but some of my favorite like juxtapositions is when David's like your hand is against me just kill me and slay me and you hate me all the way to hey I was formed upon your frame mm-hmm. you knit me in my mother's womb <laughs> it's like <laughs> this these two juxtapositions so yeah. <laughs> you always love me why do you hate me thank you for normalizing instability David <laughs> exactly <appreciate that. laughs> thank you for normalizing bipolar okay 
Maining is okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay, so deal. Okay, you you're in the Marines. Like, when when do you feel like you, your relationship with God started to develop? And and was it pre Marines in um, post? I was baptized uh, once when I was seven, strictly because I saw my older sister do it and my grandpa. They got baptized together, and I was like, hey, okay. I want to do that. Um, I was raised in the church by my parents, though, so I was always um, involved in children's, mm-hmm. youth, um, tons of different things. But I went on a mission trip to Moranga, Kenya. It's a little bit north of Nairobi and um, completely changed my life. And I, I came okay. back and I was like, I told the youth pastor at the time, I was like, I want to get baptized. Like, this is a, this is a turning point. Yeah. And then from there, God was always... It was always different. Um, I kind of, I didn't have a road to Damascus experience. It was definitely a process and still mm-hmm. to this day is. I mean, I've had some pretty incredible um, interactions with the Lord recently. Um, but it was, it started then, um, baptized at 17, and then went through public university for a little bit. And then God pulled me from that. Like I said, he was kind of, he was digging at some stuff and working yeah. and went to Bible college. And that was very, I mean, Sometimes Bible college cannot be transformational for people. I have seen that, yeah, um, but it yeah. was very transformational for me. Um, I went to Criswell College in Dallas. Um, I will forever be indebted to the Lord for that experience. The people that I met, the the men and women of faith, and the brothers and sisters in Christ were incredible there. Um, that's an absolute shameless plug for Criswell College. Um, <laughs> but and then I went to yeah. grad school after that and um, made some. Uh, yeah, I did a distance research degree for grad school, so I was in Dallas at that time. Criswell's in Dallas, for those of you that aren't familiar with it. Do you want to give their website an application? Um, I think I actually forgot the website. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, Google it. And there so I'm living in Dallas through all this, and um, I went through some pretty traumatic uh, events, and that kind of put me on a rocky roller coaster for a few years, and then... Like I said, that disorder that I mentioned, then I enlisted in the Marines, and you know God's still speaking to me while I'm in there. Um, a lot of people pray in the Marine Corps when they're going through training because they're like, how in the world am I going to get through this? And then I, I get out, and I, um, <laughs> it's very challenging, and I have so much admiration and respect for people who can follow Christ faithfully in the military. It's a very difficult culture and an atmosphere to do that. Um, just because the nature of some of the operations and missions you have to do, yeah. and different things you have to be involved in. But I was blessed with a brother in Christ um, at my unit. And um, in retrospect, it's like, God, you were doing something I had no idea. Hmm. Um, come to find out, the guy knew about a lot of struggles I was going through, and it just relentlessly prayed for me. Hmm. And it eventually, almost five years ago, God, uh, he he had to step in and almost I don't he didn't physically come down again mm-hmm. but it felt like he did and stepped in and said I got you this is mm-hmm. some of those significant struggles and things you're going through are done yeah um, and since then it's just been one revelation after another was that still while you were in the Marines or was that after you no, were, I've, after I finished you? my contract a year almost a year ago <laughs> okay uh, June okay. of 2020 so I was okay. in June of 2014 to 2020 okay. so I did six years okay mm-hmm. um, uh, and so you said there's a pretty significant guy who was yeah it from talks with you before it sounds like you had a significant guy in the marines mm-hmm. you've had a significant guy you can talk about like brag about who your mentor was in seminary 
you know. But I mean, like God, God has brought to you different guys. It mm-hmm. sounds like along your path to say, "Hey, Jordan," yeah. you know, to help like guide you in that. And how can you speak to how important it is to have someone in your life to direct and and encourage you, you know whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely pivotal. And I mean, I think that it's extremely rare, if not non-existent circumstances that God transforms lives to transforms a person's life in complete isolation. Hmm. He usually sends someone or sends people. Um, And it's like those people in my story that were significant, I didn't know they were significant at the time. Yeah, I don't think right? we ever do, it's, right? It's, like, it's, you're like, not sitting down with someone going, you're so significant you, to you're me. You're significant right now. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. This is one of the many resources we make available for free at our website, cultivaterelationships.com. Our resources have helped people grow in their relationship with God and others. Uh, we've seen people set free from uncontrollable anger and paralyzing fear. We've witnessed estranged family members be reunited after working through our freedom booklet. We've helped people build healthy relationship and coping habits through our coaching videos. And all of these resources are made available for free because of the generous support of people like you. If you would like to become a partner, please visit cultivaterelationships.com support. Now, I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. I was reading on um, just, I read on mental health quite a bit um, just because it's uh, something I, I, as odd as that is, I enjoy reading on. Um, And almost the vast majority of mental health disorders and circumstances come from trauma or Mm -hmm. severe isolation. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you're not talking to people, interacting with people, engaging with people, then you're going to start internally creating things. And then that's when some different things start to happen. Um, so I think having those people in my story, um, I mean, it's absolutely pivotal to be in community with people. Right. right. I think that's, um, I, I do, I do not mean to get uh, like political by this next statement, but I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the most devastating things that we're going to see coming out of the, um, lockdowns or pandemic is, is Mm -hmm. that it's the isolation um what do you what do you call it uh oh when like oh man it it i can't think of the word now i don't know what you're trying to say no it's it's the it's it's like when you you know the the wake of whatever behind you if you're doing bad things i'm trying to remember what that word is it starts with a c i forget Mm. anyways the like the the i want to say catastrophe that's not it um but like the the casualties of of this pandemic more than mm-hmm. just COVID is that that isolation and feeling alone or or even you know people I, I think of people in the hospital who couldn't have loved ones come visit them like I mean right. all of that that we were meant for relationship yeah. like that we were Absolutely. designed for that. I was man it's so funny you say that because I was uh, just reading in Acts with Cornelius and Peter mm-hmm. and Cornelius has this like pretty incredible encounter with the living God. Hmm. And he says, he still says, you're not saved yet, but I'm going to send Peter who will show you how to be saved. And it's like, it's like, why couldn't God just 
boom, saved. He wanted to involve another guy in mm-hmm. his life. And I think for you to say, for you to say, you know, how, yeah, that God brings people into our lives. And I think that's his design. That's he's like, he's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to do this in isolation. I don't want to do this in, in a void or a vacuum. Yeah, and more, I'm okay that you made that statement about the pandemic because, I mean, we're already seeing that, I mean, teenage suicide has skyrocketed oh, yeah. since it happened. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... Yep. Alcoholism, the, suicide, depression, yeah, it's, all those. I mean, you, so, I mean, I, I don't want to be insensitive because I know COVID is, is real for mm-hmm. a lot of people and it's um, cost a lot of people their lives. And so I, I pray for those that have been through it. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I... Uh, we need people we need face to face i mean technology is a beautiful thing look at what we're doing right now yeah um to get information across but i mean whenever god talks about not forsaking the gathering i think he meant that (laughs) i think exactly i really do i don't think it was a hypothetical i understand circumstances (laughs) happen to where you know you may have to you know get better for a week or two or whatever Mm -hmm. at home sure but then Mm You got to get right back in face to face with people because discipleship yeah. can't happen digitally. No, no, you no, know? no. I mean, no. we can definitely get fed, you know, from different technical technological outlets. Um, right, right, for sure. Um, but the 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 real nourishment that we get, not just the infant milk, you yeah. know, yeah. comes from you know stuff like this face to face. Yeah. So you okay, Marines? Then you, I'm I'm trying to make sure I have the timeline right marines bible bible school seminary were they this were they the same you said said bible college bible college grad school then marines oh okay okay and then seminary after or that was before i'm currently enrolled in seminary i start back in the fall oh okay okay Um, yeah um okay so you did a stint of your Bible education in Scotland? I did. I went to University of St. Andrews. Um, it was, like I said, it was a distance research degree. So we mm-hmm. had a week of residency required at the beginning of each semester. I did three semesters with them. I have a postgraduate diploma in Bible and contemporary world. Um, it is a, an experience that I, again, God mm-hmm. has given me lots of those experiences that I'm forever yeah. grateful for. Um, yeah, just learning wise, cultural experience, people. Yeah, yeah, it's really incredible. And who who was your uh, mentor there? <laughs> I wasn't gonna wasn't gonna name drop, but since you brought me here, um, now N.T. Wright is one of my favorite theologians uh, for a number of reasons. Um, what you got to have coffee with him? I, I mean, number one. <laughs> I did. I had coffee at a little cafe. If I'm pretty sure it was named Cherries, um, right across the road from St. Mary's Divinity in St. Andrews. Um, and I was, I still remember that I was, I was walking past, um, just down the street, past the front entrance to St. Mary's and my program advisor comes walking through the gate and he said, Jordan, Jordan, Tom Wright's looking for you. <laughs> and I went, Oh, oh goodness. You mean um, NT? Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that was, I still remember that day very vividly. Um, and just, a, it's kind of interesting. You never know how those how folks are going to be in real life, right? You know, especially yeah. the guys that are insanely academic. Yeah. Um, the Some of the best in their fields. And I, I get to meet him, and the first impression I got was, my goodness, he loves Jesus. Yeah. At which I was like, oh, my. It's incredible. And then it's, cool. it's it wasn't – I mean, he asked me questions and let me talk, but I really just wanted to listen. Right. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to say anything. 
but no. I'm, just, I'm just blabbering on. <laughs> Go ahead and you talk about Jesus and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so super That's grateful awesome. to, yeah. um, I mean, I know thousands and thousands of people have read his books, but it's been, God's really spoken to me and transformed a lot of different things of the faith through his work. Dude, that's awesome. Okay. So you have Bible school, you're in seminary, you've been through the Marines. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, something that you and I have talked about and I, I, I've, I've told, I've recently been talking about, so like in 2019 to mid 2020, non-COVID related at all. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I had a emergency surgery, mid 2019 um came out of it probably and that was like after that surgery for about a year that i would say that's probably the darkest depression i've had Hmm. um i i mean when i was eight or nine i remember struggling with the thought of suicide i you know my my for me my thought was all right i have a disease that's going to kill me anyways i might as well just like get it over with Hmm. um and with and a lot of it, you know, came out of just not feeling, not, I, I, I can't say I was bullied. I don't think I was bullied, but you know, just feeling alone or isolated. And I don't, I don't have a lot of the experiences that seems like so many other people share. Mm-hmm. And so I felt alone. I felt isolated. And so that was, so since me being eight, 2019 to 2020, I would say was the darkest time I've had probably since I was I was eight or nine um and a lot of it just came out of disappointment disappointment with how ministry was going disappointment with how uh my health or lack of health was going uh disappointment in just circumstances with my family and things I had expected should have happened because I was serving God right (laughs) and uh and so, you know, coming out of that, my, for me, it was a year. And then I had some friends who basically did an intervention like mm-hmm. Nate, you know, things are not going to be working out well if you don't do something like they weren't, they weren't saying like, just get over it at all. It mm-hmm. was, you have to do something. You have to change something about, about what you're how you're processing, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was from that. And then me and my wife had a, a a mini revival at our dining room table. Like our friends had left by that point. And it it really, I I can't explain it any other way other than mini revival. I mean, like I spoke in tongues. I'm not a tongue spoke speaker person. Okay. Like, that's what I mean. Like it was, it was not. And, and, uh, and then I went for probably like an hour long walk and, uh, hearing God's voice, the clearest I have ever heard it in my life. I know what you're saying, how it's like, well, yeah, he, he'll speak to me or I'll, I'll have these thoughts, but this was mm-hmm. like voice, voice. I'm like, oh, it's okay. scary when that happens. It, you know, what's funny. I mean, not fear, but just like, <clears throat> no, no, no. You know. it, it was funny as it wasn't so much scary for me as it was so tender. Hmm. Like what he was speaking to me was so tender and caring because I had just come out of a year of depression, like a year of disappointment and darkness. Um, and it was like the next morning it was all gone. Like that, that disappointment. Now I say that because I have had to absolutely, uh, cultivate 
healthy thoughts since then that's hard i've had to purpose to think certain things because i can go back to disappointment quick mm-hmm. very quick so can you and i know you and i have have had these had a talk can you speak to that like how how have you been purposeful and intentional in developing healthy thoughts um what have you had to do what habits have you had to to pick up so as to not fall back like you were saying into it into depression into these things i think one of the biggest benefits to staying on track um is routine okay having a very consistent routine waking up around the same time doing coffee first leaving the house at 7 10 Mm a.m um and then one of my least favorite ways to help with it is to talk um (laughs) shocking right joking but it's no i i i know what you're saying it's so it's so funny because i know the value of good effective communication it it heals it grows i mean so much fruit comes from it yeah and my wife is Truly the most incredible human being I've ever met. Um, Other than my wife, but yeah. (laughs) I understand what you're trying to say. Loves me um, (laughs) so much. Sometimes she cares more about me than I care about myself. Yeah. Um, And so she's like, we need to talk about this. Hold on. How does that make you feel? No, like I'm I'm being dead serious because I I feel that way too. To have someone care about me like that? Yeah. Because it's it's strange to me. It's, it's, I mean, like I said, we've only been married three years, so I understand that's very... That's still the infancy stage of being in a long-term marriage. Sure, yeah. Um, It's overwhelming uh, quite a bit, and sometimes I don't react um, emotionally stable. Like, I I may retreat. I may get angry and not know why I'm getting angry just because it's it's constant and not in an an oppressive way. She just loves me. Yeah. Um, Like, to the point that it's like, I'm going to do whatever it absolutely takes to make sure that you're not alone. Yeah. You get through this. And, like, and she's also, she's very, she's very tender, but she's also very pointed sometimes because she knows me very well. She's like, hey, let's, let's go. Okay. Like, I love you. Yeah. Let's go. Um, And so I'll begrudgingly talk about it and I get better and better. Um, Yeah. But. Yeah, that, that discipline and consistency helps. Um, and then also what I'm feeding myself. I, I mentioned to you the other day, I, um, I see the value in technology and in social media and the transmission of ideas and mm-hmm. information. Um, but also, I mean, that opens the door for Satan to do some wicked oh, yeah. and evil things, yeah. you know, which yeah. he's very crafty at. And so I've, I've had to step out of some different areas of that to help with yeah. different things. Um, and then just the... the the cliche Christian things. I read the word, I pray. Um, and then being in fellowship here at, um, HCF and I was raised Southern Baptist and my undergrad education was at a, a very Baptist school. Um, and then I transitioned to the Episcopal church after that and then have gone, gone away from that. So to say, I did not have any charismatic background whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so now I'm, God is showing me the Holy spirit and a incredible way well i was gonna um, say you you believed in the trinity before you started getting involved with the holy spirit oh sure like sure. father mm-hmm. the son the holy scriptures yeah, yeah. absolutely 
Um, no, but you said, but recently you've had these encounters with the Holy Spirit where uh-huh. he's like speaking in a different way than what I yeah. would say maybe, growing up Baptist or conservative. Yeah, maybe it's more of a, he's probably always been speaking to me. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. right. Uh, it's just more of a, a two-way relationship now, Yeah, which is cool. Um, you know, I'm, I'm talking back, um, not talking back. Uh, <laughs> no, you're, it's a conversation, <laughs> right? Yes, it's, it's a, a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that helps a lot. Like I'll just, I was like, God, you already know my heart. You already know what's going on. I, I need you to come into the vehicle right now and mm-hmm. do something. Mm-hmm. You know that I'm about to break. Yeah. You know that I'm about to buckle and you know what happens when I buckle and when I break, yeah. you know how dark it gets. And he stepped in every mm-hmm. single time. That's good. Whether that be a word that pops on the radio or someone sends me a text, the phone rings, or he audibly says something to yeah. me. Besides, so yeah, it's, it's still wild to process that. I've talked to a handful of other people who have non-charismatic backgrounds and upbringings who are now encountering the right. Holy Spirit in a new, fresh way, and it's like this is incredible. Well, yeah. okay, so yeah, I I share that experience. Um, can you tell me the? Uh, what your um man i i don't want to say tension i feel like it's this question is going to come out wrong but um i'll just i'll just ask it the tension between reading the bible and listening for the holy spirit i i I guess um because sometimes i can read the bible and i'm Mm -hmm. that's great i just read a chapter in the bible Mm -hmm. but then it's like sometimes i read the bible and i'm like oh my that's exactly what I needed to hear. Or that's it. Exactly how I needed to be challenged. And then other times it's, I'm getting nothing from this. And then I, I, I hear God give me a word in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's exactly what I needed. I guess, can you tell me like for, for you, like what's your tension with all that? Yeah, it's, I, I usually, or experience. how I approach Bible reading is I usually, before I open the word, I pray. Mm-hmm. I open the word and then I pray again. And if I, I don't hear anything or, what have you then i just be like god just just speak to me throughout the day give me Mm. something and so i think it just as long as we tune our heart to be like god just reveal to me what you want to reveal to me whatever that looks like yeah whether that's a written word or a word from you nate to me or from the holy spirit i mean yeah i heard a i heard a pastor once say you know we don't always uh we don't always remember what we had for breakfast the other day but it nourished us Mm, and yeah. uh and, and i feel like it's so I funny because like i feel like our our bible reading or for me my bible reading is often that like i can read something and i would say very rarely am i just like knocked off my feet like oh revelation <laughs> but later that day or later that week something will come up mm-hmm. and i was like oh I was, oh I was just reading about this like mm-hmm. right right and and so, I, I, to me, it's that discipline. I think what you're talking about with mm-hmm. dealing with depression, dealing with healthy lifestyles is, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I would say 75% of the time, three quarters of the time, I read simply because I know it's a good habit. Mm-hmm. Now, God is faithful, and it's like, like I said, later on, he'll He'll bring something to mind and be like, It's oh, like I you're just... storing up your spiritual bank. Yeah. <clears throat> Right, you know, right. And so I think right. it's always a good idea to open the word. Yeah. Even if you're like, yeah. hey, he didn't jump out and hug me or shake <laughs> me around or something. It's like, it's okay. <laughs> Start you know? choking you. Hey, slap you know? out of it. Yeah. So. What would you say? So it, 
I'm going to dig into this uh, new journey that you've been walking on with the Holy Spirit. What do you? What would you say has been the most? Uh, I want to say encouraging, completely box shattering uh, things that God's been working on you in, like things that you're like, oh, that is not in my box that I've ever <laughs> thought of. Um, what I'm doing right now. Okay. Um, I told you before we started this, I've never been on a <clears throat> podcast. I used to, um, I've, I've been comfortable in small groups of people talking or teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've um, officiated wedding ceremonies and uh, done funerals and things like that. But um, speaking in front of people is new. Um, okay. Being on camera is new. Um, and it's like, God, you just got to, I know you're doing something. So help. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm terrified, you know, with different things, but I trust you. Um, you, you saved my life, uh, holy. So, I mean, uh, let's go, Yeah, but you need to be here with me. Come on. <laughs> right. You know? Um, so that, that's, a, that's a big one. And also just with anxiety, because the way anxiety happens, there's, it just pops up sometimes. And so I'll yeah. just be like, I know you're here with me right now and mm. I need you. I really, really need you. And it's, um, because sometimes it, my heart rate it gets super erratic. If you've ever had a panic attack or an anxiety attack, mm-hmm. um, it gets really scary. Yeah. Um, and I've physically felt the Holy Spirit slow it down. Mm. Um, you know, like like yeah. a, you can almost feel a hand, or just like a gentle, tender hand on your chest. Like, yeah. It's slowing. It's yeah. okay. Nothing. What have you had to do to to cultivate such a intimacy that with Him then? Because I mean, like you were saying, you you grew up Christian-ish. Mm-hmm. You did go to you know Bible school, all of that. But what is it recently that you're like is is helping you cultivate this intimacy that you I don't know like never experienced before, or maybe maybe slightly experienced before? I think it's it's being married is a big one. <clears throat> um, just getting vulnerable and intimate with another human being and mm-hmm. really knowing them. You know, going yeah. out of the dating stage and really, really knowing them and seeing what that relationship, how it evolves and how it works. And then <laughs> I, he already knows everything about me. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's no point in me being dishonest with my wife. She already knows everything about right, me. So right. just tell her the truth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, God, you already know everything about me. So let's let's party. Yeah. You already know what's yeah. going on. You know yeah. that I'm a. I, I could potentially do something foolish um, or sinful, like help, do something. It's Jeremiah. Uh, the heart's deceitful above all else, yeah. right? It's like God. You already know that. You know what yeah. sickness and wickedness and whatever else Satan is trying to do. But I mean, you already know it. So let's just be vulnerable sure. and let's be open. Um, Brene Brown, I've read a lot of her work um, with vulnerability, um, and that's also God's used that in a big way. She's brilliant. Um, Daring Greatly, I think, is my favorite by her. Yep, Um, yep. But, yeah, so just the vulnerability and just it's the knowing um, has intensified. Um, And so I think that's been one of the coolest things to experience. And it's I see guys like you and and Jeremy and Scott that have had these Holy Spirit – encounters and relationships for years and it's like it's never gonna slow down yeah you know it's only gonna intensify or just keep growing which is really cool
walking through, uh, whether it's disappointment or discouragement or, or even that year were darkest year, I never doubted God's existence. I'm too far in. Too far in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm too far in. Well, but I think it's... accepted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's that, you know what, though? Uh, the I, I remember the question I constantly had over that year is, is relationship with you worth everything that I'm going through right now? Hmm. That would, I, I would say if I had an overwhelming question, that was it. That entire year is, is, is relationship with you worth it? Like, is relationship with you worth me having to constantly do medication, therapies, wondering when, when could I die? When, when is this going to wrap up? Uh, the struggles that we have with our girls, is it worth it? Is it, is my relationship with you worth, uh, I don't want to go in. I don't want to go into the struggles that we have with them, but worth that, the struggles. Is it, is that worth it? The, you know, you know what I mean? Like sure. all of those in, <clears throat> so I'm too far in, like I'm not going <laughs> to break relationship <laughs> with them, but it's, I think that was, that was my question is just, and I was going to say, so I'm saying that to say, like when I made the decision to be like, okay, you know what, God, whatever, I'm too far in, let's do this. Mm-hmm. That... I could pull back, right? I mean, like, it, like my relationship with him could diminish because I, I would be the one pulling back. He, right. he never is. But um, it's funny. That, yeah, it's funny you say that. That it's like, hey, we're, it's just gonna get crazier and yeah. deeper and <laughs> whatever. But I think it's it's also that intentionality that you're saying of, hey, I'm gonna be pressing in. I'm gonna be. Mm-hmm. We do have to do stuff, right? Not in a yeah. not in a way to maintain our salvation, but in a way of. All right, it's gonna get crazy. Well, I think that's a, that faith and works yeah. thing that we get into. It's just two sides of the same coin. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. So it's like I'm gonna do this, and it's like because I have faith. Yeah, know? yeah. So that, and provokes that action. Okay, so this is more of a fun question. So if it gets serious, not my fault. I mean it. Fun. Why do I feel like it's going serious? <laughs> so, okay, you you went to you went to I went to Bible school too. You went to Bible school. Um, so in the last like. I'll say a year, okay? Mm-hmm. Year. What is the thing where you came out of Bible school, you're like, okay, this is how it is. I understand this. And then now you're like, I don't know. I don't know anymore. <laughs> any, any, anything in your life like that where... Calvinism. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I yes. used to be... I, I was close to tulip tattooed on the arm. Ooh. Um, no, but and then I I quickly because I kept reading. Yeah. Quickly went back over to Arminianism. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, now I'm to the point to where there's some credibility to both sides. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I was, I never got. I never. I, I was one of the. I didn't. I wasn't ever incredibly pedantic about certain things. I even. Um, <laughs> I, w- I was a pacifist in Bible college. Okay. okay. Um, devout. Okay. Um, you know, and then reading through that, I, I, I'm not, uh, I don't want to say I'm not now, but I mean, I, I, it's, I, it's, I agree with what it's Jesus It's messier says. maybe? It's messier than just yes. being straight uh, I think pacifist. it's easy whenever we get to labels and stuff like that. I think like Satan uses social justice to guise evil. I think he can use, you know, things that are good to divide people and detract from the attention yeah. that needs to be yeah. on Jesus, right? And it's the social justice one just pops up because it's used as such a guise 
Like, oh, this is good. Focus on yep. this, focus on this, yep. focus on this. It's like, no, he's taking the attention off Christ. Right. Right. I think I think uh, when we get into it's funny because I know people on both sides, uh, Calvinism, Arminianism, if you want to open theism, don't, yeah, you can't forget about that one. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Does he? Dude, you and I should have a we would have a good talk. <laughs> Greg, oh, Greg Boyd. I, he's good. I love Greg Boyd. <laughs> If that lets you know anything, no, okay, um, no. So that explains it. yeah, exactly. Um, no, no, no. I think I think being whether whether you're a Calvinist, <laughs> open theist, uh, Arminianist, what you know, or or whatever it is, pacifist, mm. liberal, conservative. I think when we view people as single dimensional people, as beings, mm-hmm. it's so easy to be like, oh, okay, you're this, mm. and you you can attack that one thing. But it's like I've met people on, in all of those spheres where it's like, me personally, okay, not a huge fan of Calvinism, but mm-hmm. wow, that person has a deep relationship with God and I, I want to know how they had that, right? Like right. all of a sudden when I pull that person out of the, the single dimension of Calvinism into, okay, there's this and there's reasons why they, mm-hmm. they find structure and, and his sovereignty so good. I want to know why. Because, like, I, I do. I question that. I question, okay, why do I have a disease? It's horrible. I hate it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that challenges me. And then people on the other side where it's like, no, I can, uh, no, God created me with all of the abilities that I need, and I just need to get better at it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I mean, yes, I think I have personal responsibility, but also I need the Holy Spirit. Right. <laughs> Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, so for me, I've, I've been challenged not to view people with single dimensional perspective. Mm. Well, they go to this church. They're part of this movement. They're in the armed forces. They're picketing police. You know, I like whatever. I think it's because as soon as we label people, it makes it easy. If we, yeah. view, if we view people like blocked up like Legos, like yeah. a human beings comprised of a Lego, we can just chip layers out, right? Sure, yeah. But if we know that people are made, you know, infused like this, yeah. right? Then They're we messy. Can't, we can't pick, yeah, we can't pick apart muddy right. water like we can a block of Legos. Right, right. Know? I could pick apart a liberal. I could pick apart a, a conservative, right? Yeah. yeah, those labels do make it easy. Yeah, and, and, and those labels make like almost entice me into um, entrenching myself in my view mm-hmm. right like it, rather than um, allowing perhaps God forbid the Holy Spirit to use them to speak to me or to challenge mm-hmm. me or to convict me That's good. Um, so I know I appreciate like <laughs> I were joking about Calvinism but Calvinism but I, I that's that's the thing is I you know I think that's the other reason God forces us or would rather use people mm-hmm. rather than himself showing up in a room is he's like, I want you to have relationship. I mean, it's yeah. what's the big thing. So Cornelius and Peter, they have their interaction. What's the first thing that happens? Conflict. Peter, how could you go into his house? Well, hold on. Hold on. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what God said to me. Let me tell you what God did. <laughs> oh, okay. We agree. And they like celebrate and people were <laughs> at it, you know, but it's rather than just God coming into the room I don't know. I think he's, I think he likes mess. I think God is thoroughly okay with mess. 
Well, that's all he's ever dealt with with us. <laughs> right, I mean, right. Yeah. Yes. I mean, from the outside, it's like it's yeah. been messy the whole time. Yeah. And I think it's funny that people <laughs> try to be like, "Oh, this is just too much for God. This is too messy." And yeah. it's like, dude, just go back. That's you got to read the Old Testament, guys. <laughs> just go back to the start. Read the Exodus narrative. Read different captivities. Um, Sodom and Gomorrah. Have some right. fun. Yeah. Reading that. Don't uh, even. You know. New Testament. Tons of mess. Corinth Church. Their yeah. communion service. You think they didn't have quarrels in the early church? I mean, come right. on. God's not unfamiliar with human right. condition. Right. Human conditions only changed faces at its core. It's still the very same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so. That's good. So if okay, so you'd you'd spoken to how getting being married has really helped you pursue vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? I mean, any healthy marriage requires vulnerability yeah. what would you say though as as there might be people walking through a divorce or there might be people mm-hmm. walking through never having been married or maybe they're in the middle of hey I, i'm single again um mm-hmm. how i guess what would you say to them and how they should pursue vulnerability Like I said, in Jeremiah, God knows the heart. Um, I know he, he, he says the heart's deceitful above all else. <laughs> um, but I think just one of the big points from that is he already knows what's going on. And to really get that relationship going, like the honesty is already there on his side or the yeah. transparency is already there. You can already see it. So it's like once you start doing that, then it's just going to take off. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's like I said, being married has just amplified the importance of that. Um but if you're it's been so long since I've been single it's hard to jump back to that <laughs> sure yeah um, yeah well I mean think of like what you've seen work in in other people's relationships that are around you that what would you see see or what have you seen be a catalyst or or has encouraged vulnerability presence I think at the outset like people Ooh. I think we I, it's, I think it's sad that the, the default is not to trust and mm-hmm. not to assume the best. So I think that that consistent presence mm-hmm. at the start of a friendship, at the start of two buddies playing basketball and going sure. for a run, just that, that consistency like, hey, I'm here. I'm yeah. not saying anything, but you're seeing me. I'm, I'm yep. here. And then that subconsciously, I think God works through that to be like, hey, this, this person's here. I can probably start telling them stuff. Yep. You know, and then you start like how guys usually do bit by bit. Sure. Oh, yeah, home, home life's tough. Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of look over and wait for him to ask, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, that, that presence is big in that yeah. being married, you're in the same house, that presence is forced, forced relationship. All the time. Yep. Right. <laughs> so. Hold on. I want to, I want to, I'm going to take us past our hour because I really want to touch on this is mm-hmm. the idea of presence. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I will kick this convert this next conversation off with this statement i think what covid and the lockdowns have done is perpetuated the excuse why people do not have to come to church Hmm. they can watch it online they're still members of their church because they're tuning in online Mm -hmm. what's your thoughts Like I said, I think um, because I utilize technology every single day, yes. um, I see the benefits. <laughs> we're literally utilizing, you know, I mean, it right we're utilizing it right now. We're utilizing it right now. We're on a <laughs> right, podcast, right, for goodness right. sake. Um, 
you cannot replace um it's, there is no replacement for face to face whenever we turn the cameras off and move the mics out of the way it's going to be exponentially different mm -hmm. than what we've just done yep. even just that little bit i yep. mean i know we're right in the same room right now but I think that's why Satan used the pandemic in some bad ways. Sure. You know, to divide Absolutely. people. He knows, oh, they're not meeting face to face. They're still in church, right? They're still yeah. members. They're yeah. on a screen. Yeah. I know they're not growing though, right? No. Uh, and it's like you said, it's a, an excuse a lot of people used because I, I think they were already not of faith or, you know, drifting away. And so it's right. just, oh, this is fine. Right. You know, I'm already on my phone anyway. I'll scroll past the Facebook page. Sure. Oh, okay. I watched a two and a half minute Stephen Furtick clip. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Right, which hey. I watch those and I like those. On, I like man. those, dude. I like that's those. hurtful. Low like blow. <laughs> but after I watch that Stephen Furtick clip, I am in church. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Or I'm going exactly. to have coffee yeah. with a, a buddy, and yeah. we're going to walk through some stuff. Um, so the pandemic stuff in that regard, like I mentioned earlier about mental health, it gets me really frustrated that people use it as an excuse. Oh, I'm not. I'm not going to church because I'm. I'm scared. In which I understand that is a legitimate fear for a lot of people. I get that. Sure. But it's like you. But it's follow it's followed up with this. I'm scared, man. I wish. Uh, how come? How come nobody ever calls me? How come nobody ever mm. sees me? Well, it because yeah. you're not making yourself seen. Right. That presence. It's yeah. yes. It, that's exactly. It. I think this is my soapbox. It's really frustrating. Um, <clears throat> because Lace and I have had so many, even in churches we didn't agree with. We were like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna suck it up. We're gonna go to church. Has horrible worship music. Teachings pointless. But we're gonna be in community. <laughs> like yeah. it was mm -hmm. right. We got nothing out of the service. But some of those experiences we've had in those horrible churches that we never really liked, but we liked the people. Yeah. It was. It always met a need a very tangible need. Mm -hmm. um, there was one time my, my insurance was going to be kind of go through a lapse. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, one of the guys in the church, we'd been going for a year and a half. And he's like, hey, however long this lapse lasts, I'll cover it. That's he cool. never ended up having to, but he was well aware that would have been hundreds of thousands of dollars, even for a couple months. That's cool. And it, I use that as an example saying it, it's so interesting how it's like, well, I have this need and I have this need, but nobody's around me. Well, it, where are you? Well, I'm, I'm at home watching church on TV. Yeah. Sorry. This is like I said, that's my yeah, soapbox. Well, I, mean, I just, it's... it's so frustrating when, when people have needs and they make them known to you, but then they're, they don't show up. I mean, I get this. I've been in that position <laughs> before to where it's like, I, you know, I want someone to come to me. Okay. Right? Yeah. You yeah. Know? But yes. it's like, I mean, for, like you said, that, that relationship to develop, it's two ways. You, yeah. You, I mean, you got to do yeah. something. And right? I, listen, I, I don't want to dismiss because you're absolutely right. I don't want to dismiss. There's times that we go like seasons we go through. It's like, I'm staying in bed unless mm -hmm. someone comes to my house and gets me out of bed. <laughs> right. Like I get that. But I think when you know, when you, for me, when I recognize a pattern, that's not just a season, but a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't help you. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a difficult one. That's really tough. But I mean, cause that's, I mean, that's how I got, I got help and got things turned around is God stepped in and pulled me out. Right. You know, but I, it's, it's that mess again. Yeah, maybe it's that mess again. Yeah. <laughs> where it's like, where it's like, it could be both in. Yeah. All right. 
I was hoping for a little bit more of an argument from you, but okay. About what? I don't know. We're too like-minded. You realize that I by know. now. I know. We, <laughs> we were talking the other day. Oh, I brought this up on my last podcast that I just we we I did recorded a podcast yesterday. I brought up one of my favorite shows was Forensic Files, because the other person was saying how. Uh, she was really sad that her season, like her series ended. Mm-hmm. And I said, the nice thing about Forensic Files is it sounded bad at the time and I probably misspoke, but I was like, the nice thing about Forensic Files is people are always getting killed, so there's always going to be new episodes. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. It was horrible. But I really like Forensic Files. <laughs> I mean, can you... Uh, I mean, what you said wasn't untrue. <laughs> Maybe yeah, maybe the tax. Work on the delivery. <laughs> People have been telling me that for decades, man. Good luck. That's funny. No. Dude. Anyways, dude, Jordan, thank you so much for sitting welcome. down and chatting. And, man, super appreciate you being vulnerable. And I know in our own, just our own personal conversations, how, uh, how vulnerable you've been and are continuing to become. And it's super healthy and, and really appreciate you guys. And... Um, man, thank you so much for, for chatting. Dude, absolutely, man. And I I think you're gathering that you and, uh, Lace and y'all's ministry is impacting my wife and I in a very, very significant way. It's been cool to see the, the freedom booklet. Kels asks me almost daily now, if you work through your booklet. Um, (laughs) yeah, so that's good to know. No, I can bug you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, so God's moving through cultivate and our, um, family relationship in a big way and that that is not a shameless plug that's just simply what god's doing right now and so we uh um yeah we're, we're grateful for you guys um praise in a, god a man. significant way dude and just with Appreciate your story it. the more i'm hearing about it yeah. um yeah i mean i'm sure you've heard lots of things in response to your story so i'm not going to give you any <laughs> Thing like that just to let you know that i love you and your story is impacting people thank you man i really way, appreciate so. that and praise god I, it's yeah. he's been moving so it's good yeah. um well hey thank you yeah dude anytime man all right all right well goodbye later guys